Hey, shout out to everybody who's been showing me all the love on the social media. You know what I'm saying? At the SoundCloud. I can't believe y'all consistently let me go ahead and just talk for nine episodes straight. I'm dedicating this episode to y'all. Crown Jewels Podcast. Your boy G-Mo the Great Feature, my girl Nick. Wakanda, man. You gotta go see what that's cracking about that. I want to talk about it so bad. I got so much shit to say about it, but you, I ain't gonna burn it up for you. But that shit lit, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, well, <laughs> you know, it's. I'm not the only person that hasn't seen it. I'm pretty sure of that. I don't know, man. I think you're the last person that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go see it next they, week. They said it's doing good. I seen uh, earlier today they had a report just saying that it it didn't make. Seven hundred million. Seven hundred yeah. million. And you know, that's crazy. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm pro black. I'm hella pro black. You know what I'm saying? For the record, I'm pro, I'm pro black. Yeah. So you gonna get real deep into the microphone so they can. Yeah, I want them to know that it's, it's about I to get real. I'm sure they know <laughs> what, what I'm about to say. You know what I'm saying? No disclaimer. Um, but nah, but like, so I'm quite sure you know the story of the Black Panther. The Black Panther is actually the first black comic book character ever. You know what I'm saying? Before Meteor Man? Before. Oh, okay. And a lot of people was posting that up on Facebook. So the Black Panther actually was written by Stan Lee, created by Stan Lee in 1966. Actually the same year that the actual Black Panther Party, you know what I'm saying, came out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been out since the 60s. A lot of people don't know that. A, the little, a little bit of the story is misconstrued. I'm a, so I'm going to tell y'all low-key. I'm a little bit of a comic hit, a comic geek on the low. Probably nobody know that shit. You know what I'm saying? But I, I knew that. Yeah. So like with the with Black Panther, even though they got him coming out with the Avengers, he really didn't start with the Avengers first. The first comic book to introduce the Black Panther was the Fantastic Four, which is also a Marvel family. But you know, I ain't gonna take you out too deep on the boy nobody. You know what I'm saying? But um, he was the first black superhero. The second black superhero. The, the, the second black superhero, but the first African-American superhero was Falcon, which is Captain America homeboy. You know what I'm saying? So there's just a couple of little few fun facts. So quit, people need to quit saying that Meteor Man and Blank Man was the first black superhero. They, they probably had the first black movie, but they wasn't the first black superheroes uh, in comics. Well... Everybody needs to know that. And this is something that good old Webster Rose that taught me. Whenever you see stuff posted or if somebody tells you something, do your research before you read. Please do. Please do. Because, yeah, that, that he's he's been out since 1966. He's probably older than most of y'all mamas. So, um, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the story good though. It's about this this king. Oh, I don't know. I just lost that. My bad. Do say kicking in. Do say it is on point. Country they live in in Africa called Wakanda. Wakanda like this fictional country, but it's a long time ago a meteor hit Wakanda, and it, and, and the meteor is very powerful. And so what they did is that from that meteor they took stuff from the meteor, created weapons, uh, powered their city built cars, built the, the superhero costume, all kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, and it pushed them into 
a technolo- a technolo- a technological yeah. <laughs> no more do say for you. <laughs> <laughs> it put them into a technological forefront where they was the most advanced country in the world. But to keep themselves the most advanced country, they decided to hide their country under a force field. So if you're flying over Africa, you wouldn't see it. It just looked like a normal Serengeti. You have to penetrate the force field and go into this country. And they got like all these like tall, futuristic looking skyscrapers, like on some Dubai type stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm sitting in the movie and, and, you know, I'm supposed to be watching it, but I'm just in my feelings in the movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking and I'm like, damn, I'm like, look at all this technology and they just cultural just together. And now it just hit me. I'm like, damn, I'm like, if them white folks would have never came and took us from Africa. I said, cause you think about we built America. We did. Everything about it. And a lot of the things that white people claim that they built, they didn't. They didn't build. It's just that they could afford to get the patent for it. Do you feel what I'm saying? Like a lot of their African slaves were were geniuses. A slave can't I own mean, something. Well, not even that. They also had the means to threaten people. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So you think about we built the White House and everything else under distress. You know what I'm saying? Think about if we had the the power to do it at our own will with our own technology. I said to me personally, and not black folks, but African folks, we were still motivated. I mean, listen, you know? we still we still got a little African in us. <laughs> so I feel like they, the way that Wakanda looked in that movie, it, it put a, it put a pitch in my head that damn, if we would have never been enslaved and kidnapped, we might have had a country that looked something similar to the way this Wakanda was portrayed in this movie. The shit kind of had me like, damn, possibly. But, I mean, even then, I feel like even though they were ma- manipulated back in back in the day, you know, but we're still being manipulated. It's true. It's true. You know, we have different hairstyles that we have uh, that we rock and it's considered, you know, not acceptable. We have different, you know, fashion sense. We, our music is different. But let a white person do it. Everything is OK. They change the name. Like. They switch up our culture like it's nothing, and that to be honest, it just it pisses me off. And they they do they take from our culture. We 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 the cool. We we everything is cool in the country. And what they do, if they well, take somebody. <laughs> yeah, because you they'll take somebody like like somebody had to put it in my mind one day. Listen to Tank, Tank the singer, the R and B singer, and I listened to him. And they said, now go listen to this other singer named Sam Smith. And you can't tell me that they don't sound alike. Well, I mean, what's this? Uh, what's this guy name? Uh, G some. Uh, what's that song? G Easy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought that was your guy the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So yeah, they they really take our style. They tell us that oh yeah 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 that's nice, but it'll never cross over. And then to cross it over, they go get some white boy or some white chick, and then they cross it over and steal our whole stuff. Well, I mean, they want to put patents on their shit. Let's put our putting patents on our shit so they can't to. take it. You got to think about. They told us that fun R and B wasn't wasn't in no more in in the early two thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like like dance songs and all of that. That fun R and B. It wasn't in no more in the early 2000s. But yet, what they did in the early 2000s, they took those same fun R&B songs and they gave it to your Britney Spears, your Backstreet Boys, your NSYNC. And these people were singing R&B 
with an up-tempo beat, and it was selling. When they told us it wasn't no market for us no more. Now, you fast forward to now, 2018, fucking R&B is like non-existent. All you got is classics in R&B. Or they're considered as pop. Like, like yeah, you, it's like R&B straight non-existent category. Who the, who the number one artist I mean, in R&B? Listen, and I hate to say this. But everything about all of this, when it comes to music and what white people is all a scam, I love John B. to the fullest growing up. And I watched, you know, a story where they were pretty much saying, okay, well, you know, John B. came out. They didn't like him. He switched up his music sense to sound, you know, pretty much like a white person. And that's when they started giving him more attention. Then all of a sudden, you know, when he's getting this attention from the music execs, he's not getting his record sold. So what did he do? He switched to a more R&B sound to sound like a black man. Yeah. Like, they bite us all they the do time. The, like, and like, it pisses me off. Like, what's her girl name? Um, Pink. When Pink first came out, her first album, she was signed to LaFace. She was singing straight R&B. You know what I'm saying? She was singing straight R&B. I think her first single was like, There You Go or something. And it was popping. And... After that, Pink left LaFace, went somewhere else. After she got on and got a name for herself, now she's singing, like, fucking grunge rock pop music or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, they always do that. They take our cool, and, and then they switch it up. so mad. Like, I, and to be honest, and but, I'm But, you know, you can't fault them, though. You can't fault the record execs. You know why? Because it's our dumbasses who buy that shit. You, it's us who made Justin Timberlake hot. It's us to go to them shows, to buy them CDs, it's us that made Robin Thicke what Robin Thicke is. And then when it comes to us standing together as blacks and, and, and wanting to count somebody to well, stand with I us, mean, they don't stand with us. I they, mean, I, I agree with you, but I also partly believe that it's a lot of black folks that are afraid of the possibilities of what could happen if they stand against those people. But I'm, I'm not saying like music execs. I'm talking about consumers. We go buy that bullshit ass Justin Timberlake and Now you know we ain't buying that shit. We burning it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like shit like like Justin Timberlake was going platinum when he left NSYNC off of blacks. It wouldn't white people wouldn't they liked him, but they didn't understand that shit. We was like, damn, he done hooked up with Timberland? He I mean, done hooked well, up with I don't know, because even when in situations like that, when you see all of these white kids posting these videos, doing all these new hot black dances. Like, I, I kind of feel like in in this situation, because they feel like they can relate to him because he has the same skin color, that they are going to flock to him quicker than they will your average usher or whatever the but, case but may be. But you know what it be, though? But we get them the pass first. We give them that pass, and once everybody say, ah, oh, they think it's cool, they think it's acceptable, we all start fucking with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it had been any, like, come on, Robin Thicke, for for for, uh, for instance. Robin Thicke, like, they wasn't messing with Robin Thicke. He was singing R&B. We wasn't messing with him at first because he looked like a hippie when he first came out. And then yeah. he, he got his little swag up. And now we're Robin Thicke at doing all the Black Lives Matter issues and shit. They're not, they not, we make it cool. Oh, he ain't nowhere existing because he's, he's trying to deal with his black baby mama. It's, it's like, for instance, like with uh, Justin Timberlake, this new album he got out, he said... I'm not doing R&B. This is a this is a folk album. I'm gonna do this is folk music. I want to dedicate it to my hometown and shit. Well, you know why he could do that is because 
we gave him the pass back when he was singing Dirty Pop and shit. We gave him that pass and was like, you know what? He tight. He sang OMB. He sang Gone and you know what I'm saying? And I then mean, yeah. after we gave him that pass and everybody seen, oh, it's cool to like Justin Timberlake, not Justin Timberlake, a worldwide superstar. And these the white folks listening, but they don't understand that fucking music. They don't get that music. That shit written for us. It's written for us, but at the same time, and I'm saying this because, you know, um, we both went to Webster Groves, but I actually lived in Webster Groves. So when it came time to, you know, whenever I would go out and people, you know, oh, where are you from? Blase, blase. For the longest, I would lie and tell people that I was from a different place until I became a cheerleader and I couldn't quite hide that. (laughs) And everybody, you know, created this misconception as far as, okay, oh, well, you're from Webster Groves. You have a big house. You, you know, you this or that. I definitely did not live in a big house and my family still had their struggles. And it's one of those things where if people have similar struggles, regardless of whatever their color is, I feel like they can still understand, you know, the bigger picture, but you still have those who want to profit off, profit off of situations and try to make things be something that they're not. And what makes me say that more so pointed out, especially now since we're talking like, you know, white people, black people, I went to Vegas, went to a TI concert and the whole time, like literally my best friend, the whole time while I was in there was this white chick. And I could tell that at that time she didn't have no care in the world because she was drunk as hell. But at the same time, I could tell that by the fact that she was sitting up here, like she knew word from word, she didn't care who she stepped on, who she pushed past. She wanted to get her, a little touch of her some tea. That girl was rubbing on tea so much that night. I couldn't even, I couldn't even explain <laughs> it. But it was just, it was to the point where, I, like I, you know, said, you know, people try to make things into something that's really not. Just like I said earlier, people try to make black people feel like we're inferior, that we don't have any value, that we are. Um, Somebody that, you know, people should be afraid of. So when it comes to our culture, yeah, they're going to be culture vultures because they see how far we go for our culture when it comes to, you know, people like Future and T.I. and, you know, Young Jeezy. We flock to them because not only are they speaking to us, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, if they're getting money that way, well, how about we put that into our culture? How about we do the same thing? And everybody, everybody's story is different. Even when it comes to us, you have some people who were born, you know, strictly poor, some that were born into the middle class and some who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And it's not many of us who were, but at the same time, people are going to capitalize off of what they feel is going to work for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. But, um, I don't know, man. They be doing this wrong, dog. Like, they take all our shit that we think cool. They be wearing that shikis and shit now. And... I mean, listen. As you mentioned in the beginning, I am Greek. I get pissed off when I see a white person that I clearly can look at and see in a picture that they don't know anything about Greek life. You were not initiated. I get pissed off when I see, just like you mentioned, wearing the dashikis or you have your braids or you... Oh, this is what really pisses me off. And it brings me back to the whole situation that happened in St. Louis at, uh, I believe it was Ruth Chris. Dreadlocks. Why is it okay for white people to wear dreadlocks? They wouldn't rock the dreadlocks before black people. Like, really? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, man. They, they, they be really stealing a lot of our little shit and, and, and then calling it their, their own dance steps and all of that shit. 
Have you seen that video of that little white boy doing a little African dance? No. Listen, just stick to your own culture. We know you were from Ireland or freaking Germany. You don't see us up here fucking, what's it called? What they be doing at uh? <laughs> I can't even think of the name. Little girls with them little wooden shoes, uh, river dancing. <laughs> you don't see us doing none of that. Just stick to your own. <laughs> you, see little, you see that little boy that was on Instagram talking about uh, he was mad because he was half black. Oh, uh, I said like when I watched it. When I watched it, I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. But at the same time, me being the person that I was, I went to school for computers the majority of the time I was in college, and the whole time I kept thinking, okay, this is a voiceover. This is a voiceover. Like, really? You think it's a voiceover? I felt like it was. I'm not saying that it was, but I felt kind of like in, in some moments that it was. Mad because you thought you were all black? Well, you're half of daddy, and daddy's black, right? Cam, you're black, Filipino, and Mexican. You're half of daddy and half of mommy, so you're half of what daddy is and half of what mommy is, right? Why are you so upset about it? You want to be all black? Yeah. What do you mean? What number? 50%. You want it to be more? Yeah. Like how much? Yeah, Why are you so upset? You're not white. So that explains why I felt like it was a voiceover because the video that I watched, it, it didn't even have the mother's voice in there at all. For real? It never was in there at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just like, what is going on? You know what? Uh, what's his name? It's like I Am Zoe or something. You know the little dude be uh, dancing with the dreads? Yeah. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's crazy. I mean, but and uh, listen, I don't know about anybody else else's culture, but I know when it comes to black culture, especially when you put it out there, when you really talk about it, like we have a really rich culture. We do, we do, we do. We definitely have some stuff to be proud of, and that's what I said about the Black Panther movie. I said to me, um, a lot of people had they negative stuff to say, but you know, you can't do nothing right around niggas. Niggas gonna always pull something out that they yeah. hate about it. But I was like, to me, man, I was like, to see black people actually being proud to be black again during Black History Month, I'm for it. Anything that'll make y'all proud to be black again, I'm for it. Because I'm like, it's so many times with uh, February come, y'all don't do shit, y'all don't demand shit. There's no black history parades. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. They ignore it. So. If, if it's going to take us uh, an imaginary cartoon comic character with an, from an imaginary country to make y'all feel proud to be black again, I'm for it. This is what I have to say about that. Um, we come from a city that blacks really don't support anybody. And oh, when, when I moved, when I first went away to school and I was in New Orleans, like, it was the most welcoming that I've ever felt you know, from another black person in general. I mean, to the point where I would be walking down the street, I'm still in my St. Louis mentality, looking at people, rolling my eyes, not even speaking, whereas people, you know, were literally, hey, how you doing? I wasn't used to that at all. And 
it was to the point where I felt like even just being in a, going to HBCU, I felt like that was the most culture that I've ever experienced when it came to black people. Yeah. I was a strong advocate on trying to get my sister to let my niece go to HBCU. And it didn't have to be, you know, Dillard. It didn't have to be Xavier. If she would have went to Hampton or whatever the case might be, I would have still been proud. Hmm. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and and only reason I say that is because, like I said, that whole St. Louis mentality. You don't have a lot of people in in St. Louis that are advocates for Black people. The You're most right. that the most that I've seen anybody in St. Louis become an advocate for Black people was with the whole Mike Brown situation and when Bruce Franks became representative. My boy, oops. Outside of that, I haven't seen anything else. So. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. Like and that's, that's something that messed me up because I know coming moving to, to Texas, it messed me up when I got here. Like I heard the name uh, Juneteenth. I yeah. had no idea what the hell it was, but I heard it exactly. before when I moved here to Texas. And they was like, "Oh, we do it big, big Juneteenth celebration. Juneteenth is going down." And I'm like, "Explain it." I started researching it and looking it up, and I'm like, "Dog, this is our Independence Day. Why the fuck?" Do we not celebrate this yeah, in Louis? Like, we don't what? celebrate it. And you won't hear a lot of people talk about it. You'll hear a couple people talk about it, but those are the people who are pretty much they're aware. They they're woke, as a lot of people like to say these days. They do their research, they read those books. But it's one of those things where if we don't stand behind, you know, each other, if we don't do what we need to do to uplift each other and not just the month of February, the entire year, you're black the entire year. It's yeah. a lot of things that we do the entire year. We have a, a ton of accomplishments and a lot of things, a lot of these things, you know, just as you mentioned earlier, when it comes to these inventions and white people try to pass it off as stuff that they did, if we don't treat, you know, we don't, you know, pretty much treat our such as, you know, as being higher than what a lot of people like to view us as or even tr- uh, teach our kids a lot of their history and let them know, you know, we came from something. We didn't come from nothing. Yeah, I agree. But then we're not gonna, we're not going to surpass a lot of these stereotypes that people put on us. Black history shouldn't be just something that we celebrate the month of February. That's something that we should celebrate all year round. I also feel like they're like with us being um, with black folks. You know what I'm saying? I feel like they, especially from St. Louis, um, we're still not liberated. Like we still have a, a, a definite slave mentality. Coming from St. Louis, I mean, we we only are impressed with the small rewards. You know what I'm saying? We only we impressed with the small uh, materialistic things that 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 are uh, fascinating for the time being, but we don't think about the long haul. Like I remember personally, uh, you know, no shot against my mom's, but I remember my mom's just telling me that graduating high school was good enough. She didn't give me that motivation to push further. To you know what I'm saying? When I decided to go to college, that was all me because you know what I'm saying. Me just investigating and pushing further, but we have a culture that don't there, but we don't. We're not reaching our history, and we and we don't we don't invest in our history, and we definitely don't invest in our future. We we got a lot of people in St. Louis who living for the now. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about future, we're not telling our children about the values of stock, about the values of credit, about the values of saving. We don't teach them uh, that typically in St. Louis. Not all people, but typically that's not a goal they, they strive for, further in education and things like that. And then in the past, we don't even relate to the past because shit, half the people in St. Louis not even cool with family outside of their immediate family. Like, so you, and I was just having a conversation with my mom about this where I'm like, dude, 
I'm like, I, I, I know some of y'all be mad with each other, but I said, damn. I said, these grandbabies, these great grandbabies going to grow up and not know who the fuck they cousins are because y'all mad at each other all the time. The sisters, the aunties, the, you know what I'm saying? They stay so disconnected from each other that these, these grandbabies will end up... I said, think about this little boy getting to it with this other little boy and they shooting and trying to kill each other, not knowing that they cousins. This little boy meet this little girl and he end up having a baby together, not knowing that they cousins. You know what I'm saying? And we living in a community right now where we don't stick together to let each other know our history because everybody pissed off at everybody. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. Shit just crazy. You just said, you just spoke on so many things. You just said my head just going all over the place <laughs> because I have so much to say about that. Um, one, as far as when it, you mentioned, as far as like going to school. You know, it's, it's one of those things, especially when it comes to dealing, like you said, finances, credit, and all those things. These were a lot of things that, you know, going through slavery and dealing with a lot of things that our pe- people as as a whole had to deal with, that they've been so busy just trying to survive that yeah. we didn't have the opportunity to even, you know, learn about the stock market, to learn how to save, to learn, you know, how to keep your head above ground to the point where even to this day, you still have a lot of parents who are struggling doing that. I, myself, my parents, you know, they both had really good jobs, but at the same time, they were more so worried about making sure I had you know, clothes on my back, food on my table, and that I was doing good in school. They weren't able to teach me about finances and how to save. My parents gave me everything that I needed. I mean, it was to the point where I had to file bankruptcy, and I was so embarrassed about it to the point where my sister told me, she said, look, you know, we were not taught about this when we were little. I had to do the same thing. She said, now it's up to us to reverse the cycle. Then you also have situations, just like you mentioned, a lot of people, you know, they have their qualms and things that they're going with their family members, but at the same time, it's almost like, how do we deal with that? We, and we've we been fighting for so much all our life. We've been fighting people against a lot of things. And it wasn't just against white people. We're fighting people for, you know, means to survive. Yeah. So it's like if we don't know how to deal with that or if you don't have then, that one person that can step in, it's like, how do we do that? But it's, it's just time for like, I mean, we're going into another decade coming up here in another couple of years. It's just time that. We gotta stop the damn excuses. We gotta we start. Do. We gotta start we talking. We gotta start. We gotta stop thinking that counseling is for crazy people and and start partaking into that shit. You know what I'm saying? Mental illness comes in different shades and colors and everything. And, it does. And, and us as a people, we are very untreated people as far as when it comes to mental illness and, and depression and shit like that. But. But this, it's time. It's, it kind of goes back to, um, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but it, it kind of goes back to the whole situation. As I said, it's a means of survival. Just like you have, you know, we're both from St. Louis. It's one of those things where you have people who came from nothing and they, they feel like in order for them to get something or for them to be okay, that they got to rob, steal, kill, whatever the case may be. It all starts in the home. It do. And, and that's the thing what I'm saying, like, like with moving here and seeing these black people come together without fighting. You know what I'm saying? We could get we could get five thousand black people in one arena and it ain't no fight and nobody cussing each other out or going out. You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like that. And why, why, why singled out St. Louis like I did is because I feel like that even though we in the South, and you would think the South is behind the Midwest because we further up north. They not. They they, not. they 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 advanced. I agree with you on that. And I feel like that we need to catch up because the South, 
I mean, as far as what family should be with each other, they like, that's your family. Talk to your family. You know what I'm saying? As far as like, uh, I've never seen so many black people, college educated, sharp dressing, clean cut, uh, business owners, uh, got an idea of the future. Like I've seen since I've been in Texas. And, and I'm not knocking nobody in St. Louis. Don't get it twisted. And, and I feel like we are a product oh, of. I will our... knock a few people in St. Louis. <laughs> I will knock a few people in St. Louis. I feel like we're. <laughs> I feel like we're a product of our environment, and we didn't have that. And I feel like that a lot of people don't know that St. Louis is still suffering from Jim Crow laws. You know what I'm saying? We still suffering with segregation and still suffering from a slave mentality. St. Louis definitely still has a very divided black and white culture. You could take two people, a black person and a white person, send them both to St. Louis to visit and they'll have two different, very different experiences dealing with St. Louis. The white people are going to be like, oh, I love it. We went to the arch. We went to the zoo. We did this. We oh, did that. The black folks are going to be like, man, this shit crazy. I don't even want to go outside. This, when you I'm say scared. that, I know they will. And the reason why I say that is because I used to work at an insurance company. And it was a guy who, um, he was actually from California. And he told me, he said, I have to go to St. Louis for some time. He said, you know, you know, what should I expect? I said, you should expect to duck. Like, you shouldn't be in St. Louis. Like, he was so shook and afraid. So when he came back, he asked me, you know, why would you say something like that? I had the time of my life. I said, were you with a bunch of white people? He said, yeah. I said, well, that's why. Yeah. But they I don't mean, they don't see <laughs> it. It's like, dude, like I've never seen it. It's like a movie. So, and somebody and somebody need to make a movie about this and go ahead and put me in the credits. You know what I'm saying? But, but <laughs> somebody needs to make a movie that St. Louis is it's the Matrix. It's two different worlds living parallel on top of each other, and you can step in and out of each world. Like when you watch the Matrix, they lived in a very dirty looking futuristic uh, state. Then when they go in that machine, they come out into a different type of world where they have superpowers and more energy. St. Louis is that same way. It's two cities that's coexisting on top of each other because you have a city where you have to be precautious that you get robbed, you get killed. Like like I said, I was saying today, you know what I'm saying, RIP to EW, the hustler, you know what I'm saying? But um, speaking of, of that, black men in St. Louis is an endangered species. Black boys and black men in St. Louis are an endangered species to the fact that when you're in St. Louis, you have to watch out for the police officers. You have to watch out for the other black men who, who will hate on you and want to rob you and want to see you fail if you're being successful or anything. If they see you being a threat, they want to rob you, kill you, steal from you, take what you have or, or stop you from getting what you want. And nowadays you got the young girls who are setting men up to, to for a lick, you know what I'm saying, to come up. And with that. We're targeted from three different angles, being black boys and black men. Black the, the white cop, he can't decipher if he's talking to an adolescent or a man. You know what I'm saying? So we have to go through, through St. Louis City, watching our front, watching our back, watching our sides. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who you're dealing with. Your best friend will be your killer. You know what I'm saying? The person that you played in the sandbox with will be your killer. You know what I'm saying? And that could be... It, it, he could be either one of these people. He could be uh, one of the dudes who who hate seeing you shine, or he could grow up to be the cop. They kill you. It's just a it's a it's a, a unfortunate situation in in this city. But then you have a white guy who grows up in the same city, and in this same city, 
He's uh, exposed to some of the finest dining, some of the finest living, some of the finest education. He doesn't see the police. The police are his friends. You know what I'm saying? It's a weird. Sh- it's it's two cities that is coexisting. It's like it's like a heaven and a hell existing in the same place at the same time, and only a certain amount of people going to hell, and only a certain amount of people going to heaven, and they don't understand why each other sees something different. <laughs> You didn't say so much. I got so much I want to say. <laughs> I mean, in regards to that, and um, it, it was actually a video that was that was recorded a, a while ago. Um, when it, you had mentioned as far as, you know, the target that black men, both young men and older men have in St. Louis when it comes to white cops, I feel like it's not just the young men, it's young women as well. It didn't happen in St. Louis, but it, you know, you may recall when that cop had yanked that little girl out of her, out of her seat in her school, drug her across the uh, the floor until he got her outside. Yeah, yeah I when remember it, that. When it comes to stuff like that, you and know, they swept that under the carpet. They don't see black people for who we are or the age that we are they see us as one when they look at us they see one they don't see the difference they don't see we all we all look we all look the same to them so you know it's one of those things where you know you mentioned how you know people act when it comes to you know people being in the south versus people in st louis when i went to school my first year um at dillard this guy kept trying to talk to me and you know i'm i'm still you know giving him dirty looks and looking him up and down like why are you trying to talk to me blah 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 Mm -hmm. and he asked me where where i was from and i told him he said you know well that that kind of makes sense because all women from st louis act that way Mm -hmm. and I was offended and I was pissed off. I was ready to kind of go off on them. But the more I started, you know, associating myself with other people who were not from St. Louis, I realized that people are a lot more friendlier down south than what we are up north. They are. And it's one of those things where you have to realize you're a product of your environment. So, yeah, we're going to act like that. Yeah, we're going to look over our shoulder because there's a lot of different things that we deal with. But at the same time, you know, with them, they were dealing with the same things. They were just taught to cope with it better. So even when, you know, all these things are happening, I really strongly believe when they say it takes a village to raise a child because at the same time, it shouldn't just be your mother that's influencing you. It shouldn't just be your father that's influencing you. It should be your your teacher. It should be, you know, even your brothers and your sisters. It's a lot. Me and my sister are like night and day. I'm the one that's ready to throw hands. She's the one that wants to negotiate. It makes me mad, but that's that's my common point. That's that's the person I go to when I know that I'm about to make a bad decision. It's just it's a lot that goes into a lot of the things that we're dealing with as a people. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. It's just a little. When I came to the south, and I was just like, all right, I'm like these people. I remember walking through the grocery store, and and it's the thing that I want I want people to understand about St. Louis people. Some people might see us and and believe that we're rude. We rule because we don't speak. We rule because we don't say, hey, how you doing first, any of that. No, no, no. It's, it's not that we rule. It's that we just mind our fucking business. You know what I'm saying? We stay out. <laughs> we just I mean, stay out. Our, we stay in our fucking lane when it comes to people, all of that. Like, because to me, like, I remember I was in the grocery store and I'm walking through. I'm like, nigga, all on my mind. I'm like, man, I'm about to get these chicken flavored ramen noodles. You know what I'm saying? That's all that's on my mind. Let me get these chicken pack. And... I'm walking and this man like, hey, how you doing? He on the other side of the aisle. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? I'm looking around. He, he talking to me. I'm like, oh, hey. I'm like, hey, how you doing? 
You know what I'm saying? Man. <laughs> but to me, like I said, it wasn't that I'm trying to be rude to the man. It's just that I'm a firm believer of minding your fucking business. And my fucking business was getting chicken flavor rum. Well, listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> you know, St. Louis people, you can walk past them. If you make direct eye contact, you're going to get all kind of attitude. Like, oh, yeah. why are you looking at me directly in my eyes? You can't even say, what's and up? I don't know if you would agree with this, but, you know, my folk and I, like I, I mentioned, he's also from St. Louis. He's actually from the city of St. Louis, went to Beaumont, and me and him both was like, you know, in St. Louis, it's almost like people have some sort of like par- like a paranoia. It's a paranoia. So when people are looking at you directly in your eye or they standing, you know, in a position that makes you uncomfortable, yeah, we're going to be rude as fuck. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, like, I can honestly say this. When I drive home, when I drive home, you know, we, we take um, Highway 44 into the city, usually, you know, so that's my favorite route. But usually by the time I pass Six Flags, my mood change. Your mood changes because, and you're not the only, man, this is so crazy because I was actually telling somebody this not too long ago. Because we had a conversation about this when you first moved here. How whenever you go back home, you are happy. You just love being in Texas. You, you're carefree. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get back to St. Louis, you have this whole sense of negative negativity that it's just a, comes over you. It's, it's like, like a, a dark, dark cloud. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that dark cloud, it meets you at six exactly. flags. Exactly. And everybody has said I it. Said, I'm like, it's St. Louis. Shit, by the time I get to Limburg, I done check the doors, make sure the doors <laughs> locked. You know what I'm saying? You got to watch Man, where you at. It's I like, listen. I didn't imagine myself so many times getting me a gun and just riding around St. Louis with that sucker sitting on my lap. I do. I ain't going to even lie to you. So, any of you fuck niggas listening to this, don't try to run up because I will plug a nigga real quick. I have no regards. Man, like you, you cannot go I believe in, in, in my gun laws. I'm going to say these are Gary gun laws. I, I have one strict law. I'd rather get caught with it than without it. So, you fuck niggas Man. try it. And I, I will put you niggas in the ditch. brother you than me man like it's just crazy but i mean like you said we're a product of our environment you know what it is but it's saddening though man i went back home and i'm riding down page you know what i'm saying uh i don't know if it's a boulevard avenue whatever page whatever page page is page 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 page. you know what i'm saying so i'm riding down page and I'm coming from like um, the U City area, so I'm coming through like Wellston and all of that. And um, I get to like Skinka, cross Skinka, then I come down Page. And as I'm coming up Page, and this is past like Hamilton and Holderman and all of that, I'm looking at all the houses on on the block. At all the houses, the grass need to be cut. The buildings are boarded up. Uh, the buildings are missing windows. Some of the bricks are falling out. Some of the houses, the whole damn house is missing. Some of them look like they being on fire. And dude, I, like honestly, and, and this I always tell people when you get 30, you get emotional. But I straight wanted to cry for the city because I was like, dude, it looks so horrible. And, you know, being down here, we don't see Vacos or none of that stuff that That's often. Because you're not going all the way to South Dallas. Yeah, South Dallas has no business of mine. Uh, <laughs> I get my I get my chick oh what I get, I ain't been to Sweet Georgia's in a minute. I get my food plates and I bring my ass back. I know no, you need to go visit uh 
Irene's Kitchen and um, it's a, oh, well, you know, you you only do your vegetarian thing now. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I will cheat for the right chicken plate. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I went home. I haven't ate beef or pork in over a year. I went and got some White Castles. White Castles never made me sick. That was like the sickest I've ever been. Man, you getting old, bro. You getting old, bro. I'm telling you, like White Castles didn't start fucking my stomach up till I hit my thirties. Like now, since like now. Like, I can't even, like, I used to try to eat White Castles on the road coming back from uh, St. Louis, coming to Texas when I would visit. I would get them right in Kirkwood off of Lindbergh, and I can't because before I make it to Joplin, I got to pull over, man. Like, I got gas. <laughs> I'm, like, I can't, man. It's your, your old bowels, man. Like, shit's fucked Let up. It rips. Man, I'm telling you. And then White Castles kind of low-key. don't even be tasting as good no more, man. Like, the cheese fries be whack as fuck. You know what I'm saying? That's because we've been away for too long. Like it, it's when you're get, at home and that's something that you always have access to, you love it. You miss it when you're gone. But it's starting to get to the point like I'm not even stopping for St. Louis food no more when I'm in the city. I don't, I don't guess I, I've been. Like, I, it'll be eight years this year that I've been gone from St. Louis. I don't. I don't scream for St. Louis food. Like yeah, like all the Chinese food, all the emos. I like. I really could give a fuck less. Like I couldn't tell you last time I had emos. Yeah, I couldn't either. Matter of fact, like it's been like I don't think I had it the last time I went. Um, and I, I don't go as often no more. You know, I used to be up there like every two months or something. I'd be in St. Louis now. Listen, I got, you know, I have to go to St. Louis as often as I can. I have two nieces and a nephew that's like my little twin. That's my little heart. So I have to get to St. Louis as often as I can. I didn't go last year until like July and I was just like aching to see my little babies. Yeah, I went, I went, um, I went in July. I went 4th of July weekend, and I think I went I went in February. Like, I think I went, like, twice last year. You know what I'm saying? And I think, and, and, and like, I'm starting to get to the point, when I go now, I'm so low-key. Give me a room in, like, Westport, Chesterfield. I be so far out that I don't want niggas to even see me, like, when I'm in town. <laughs> Like, I go there for my exact purposes. I get that shit done, and I come home, like... I, I mean, well, not even Like, that. my boys, you know, my partners, they they work at, like, the Marquee Nightclub. I, I'm like that. I have been to a nightclub in St. Louis since probably... It ain't safe. You're, you're too <laughs> It ain't safe. It ain't safe. Like Listen, man, I go to St. Louis, and I'm pretty sure you can relate to this. I go to St. Louis. I'm, I'm going to see my family. That's who I miss. That's who I want to see. Anybody outside of the immediates, if you want to see me, don't call me and be like, oh, you going to come see me? Fuck no. I just get on the highway or in the plane. You can yeah. come see me. Yeah. That's for, and that's how they do you, too. You, so you, 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 ain't, you ain't hopping no plane. Pull up. Coming, coming to Dallas and right. the <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte be like, pull, pull up. Pull up. Come, come see me. Nah, man, that shit crazy. But yeah, St. Louis definitely got a thing. You go in that city, you feel unsafe as shit, dude. You really be watching over your shoulder, and it limits you. Because like being in Texas, it, it it make you soft in Texas. I ain't gonna lie. Texas, it don't make you soft in Texas, man. You be Listen. you be you be like, look, look, I ain't doing it. Like back in the day, it's nothing to go to a it's, club in listen, St. Louis, and it's nothing to me. But at the same time, and and man. It's nothing to me. But at the same time, you know, I didn't grow up in the city. I didn't grow up in what most people would deem as the hood. When I go somewhere, I can automatically tell if some shit's about to pop off. 
I went to St. Louis three years ago. My cousin had just moved back to St. Louis from Houston. He asked me to meet up with him. I pull up. The vibe, just the even just like how we said when you first, you know, you're on the highway, you drive into St. Louis, you feel that negative mm-hmm. feeling. I pulled up on a parking lot. I felt a strong sense of negativity. And I told my cousin and even this same friend who pretty much made me solidify my decision to leave St. Louis, who had got shot multiple times, was also there. I told them both. I'm getting ready to leave because somebody's about to start shooting. I can feel it. And they both said, oh, don't worry about it. We got our guns. No, fuck that. You got your guns, but that still is a lot of bullets flying. When I started walking back to my car, what happened? I'm talking about people riding up down the street shooting like it wasn't shit. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm definitely, it's, I'm not going to say that I'm soft or that I'm scared or whatever the case may be. I'm just more cautious because I got a lot of living to do. Really? I got a purpose and I ain't, I ain't enough yet fulfilling it. And I'd be damned if I let somebody in St. Louis take that from me. Yeah, I feel you. And it's just, and it's like now the, it's, it's changed in St. Louis. It's very reckless. You know what I'm saying? And the young, and the young it's boys. very reckless. Is, you got a lot more hoes patrolling the, ro- the roads. Yeah, and, and it's a, a I lot a of cousin out there, y'all. Y'all might know her. <laughs> <laughs> I probably got one out there too. Okay. <laughs> but the the young bulls, they don't care. And, and this is the thing: like people see, like you know, it's it's high for killings in St. Louis, or it's a high murder rate. Man, the one thing with murder rates is that usually, um, there's no random murders really occurring in St. Louis. Usually, ninety percent of murders in St. Louis. It's an intended target. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's usually not somebody like, oh, she was standing at the bus stop, wrong place, wrong time. That's a rare occurrence for somebody to get caught yeah. in a situation like that. Usually it's, it's an intended it's, target. It's, it's gotten to the point, and, you know, we both, we know people who have had hits out on them and have, are no longer with us. Um, but even with that, when a lot of people be screaming, oh, rest in peace, this person, rest in peace, that person, or, you know, we have to stop the violence. It's one of those things where you also have to think about what was this person involved in that we didn't know. Yeah, that's true. Another thing we got to stop doing too, uh, is black folks, stop counting people tax money, dog. Let some people live, man. Shit. Like if they get their little taxes, but they look funny. They, I mean, they're going to be broke again well, by April. So whatever. well, I mean, not even that. Stop looking at their plate, they, uh, they tip tags on their plates. <laughs> Cause I was riding, I was riding dirty for a good year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them people, whatever them people getting for their little tax return, let them have their tax return, man. Quit counting people pocket, man. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Mad when people get their taxes and what they want to do with their tax money, man. Let them live, man. Shit. I ain't got no real tax money ever. Nigga, I, I need to have a baby and get some real tax money. I ain't never got no real tax money. They gonna cut that. Let me tell you, if you make it over 45000 a year, they gonna cut that shit short, so don't even worry about that. Yeah, so, yeah, let some people live with their little tax money. You know what I'm saying? Um, On the other note, if there's any sugar daddies out there, I'm looking for one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dallas the place, man. Good old RL's Blues Palace. Yeah, no, I'm I'm joking. (laughs) RL Blues Palace, you'll find the sugar daddies in that lab every Saturday. Mm -mm -mm. Mm-mm-mm.
You been drinking that straight? Yeah, I ain't put no more stuff in there. What? Look at you. Yeah. Try to, try to hang with the big dog. It's strong, too. Oh, oh, oh. That dude's ain't strong, boy. <laughs> that sound like, it tastes like some shit you clean the back of somebody's neck with after you line them up and shit. It's just strong as shit. This is <laughs> sea breeze in the glass and shit. I be needing that cut of. That just means you can't hang with the big dogs. Oh, man, nah. They can have that. Mm-mm. But, man, we've been going for a minute. This is my longest podcast ever. Um, that's so. because I'm hot as shit. No. <laughs> so, man, that's not like a podcast to me. Definitely, if y'all want more information about the podcast, more topics, got more questions, sponsorships, advertisements, you can hit me up at crownjewelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, you can check out more content, more information, uh, memes, jokes, whatever, at Instagram. And that's Crown Jewels Podcast as well. Check out the Twitter feed at Crown Jewels Pod. And the website, I know I've been saying it for a minute. The website is actually finished. Just looking for a date to actually release it. But um, the website is at www.crownjewelspodcast.com. And um, we straight. You got any information you want to leave? No, not at the time. <laughs> well, yes, I am actually working on my own travel agency. So I am going to release some information soon. Um, so be on the lookout for that. It's the Beach Travel Agency. I will be um, not only preparing individual trips, but also group trips as well. So be on the lookout for that. So, yeah, leave my email address if, if you guys want to put them up. So actually, you can hit me up on my personal email address if you are looking for any um any travel dates or any information at this point, it's going to be ms period h-h-e-b-a-r-d at yahoo.com What made you want to get into travel? Because I love this travel. Um, I'm actually in insurance. That's something that I really love to do, but I also love to travel. So I'm trying to capitalize on all of my loves, you know? Yeah. You got some trips coming up? Uh, Yes, actually. I have a trip coming up in um July. It's going to be a trip planning uh, for California. Be there for about a week, as well as uh, we're going to the Essence Festival. Okay. So that's also something to check out. And then um, I am planning on doing something, you know, kind of like a little group travel trip, but kind of based off on the destinations that the Real Housewives of Atlanta that they have actually, you know, places they've been to. So the first stop, of course, is going to be Barcelona. That was the most recent place that they've actually visited. Okay, cool, cool. And definitely, uh, everybody listening, uh, once that information becomes available uh, with her, I'll definitely post that on the Instagram. You make sure that everybody keeps in contact with that information and uh, up to date with that. As well as, um, I'm going to be in Houston April 19th, the weekend of April 19th. Anybody looking to record, hit me up at Crown Juice Podcast at Gmail. Sound like a podcast to me. We out. Hey.